If you have your Bibles, turn with me. We're going to be back in Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, 1 Corinthians 15, and Hebrews 11. Ephesians 6, 1 Corinthians 15, and Hebrews 11. Um, you know, Donnie mentioned we are, we got three baptisms scheduled for 1030. So that's exciting that we, um, you know, that the waters are being stirred again. And, and so, um, and something else we're going to do in 1030, I just want to, uh, cause I don't want y'all to miss anything. We are actually this morning, I've invited Mr. Johnny Lockhart and his family to our 1030 service. And we're going to give them this plaque on behalf of the church because they literally help us, um, more than what we ever realized. They've helped us right now and all through the years and, you know, I'm a numbers person, so I was just running some fun numbers for, um, just for me. I figure over the last 36 years, that's how long he's been in business there, in the last 36 years, I've probably drank over 8,500 Cokes and Diet Cokes from there over the last 36 years. That's pretty good, right? Could be more. Biscuits and BLTs, probably 2,652, give or take a couple. But because hydration's important, I know I've drank at least two bottles of water from there in the last 36 years because <laughs> hydration is important, right? And so, um, but literally, probably that they have donated just in eggs, they've donated probably over 5,000 eggs to us in the last several years. Because every time that me and Brother Mike has walked into Live Oak High School or Live Oak Junior High with cupcakes, they've donated all those eggs for us. And that's, that's a big deal, you know? And so anyway, but they do a lot of things, and so I just want to honor them, and there's a couple more businesses that we want to honor from the church. And so um, I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited that they're going to get to be here and worship with us this morning. But right now, I'm more excited that you're here. So we're going to start in Ephesians 6. We'll start in verse 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord, and in His mighty power, put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and the breastplate of righteousness in place." And with your feet fitted with the readiness, it comes from the gospel of the peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and all requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, just say that we love you, Father, and I thank you for today, and Father, even the song that we just sang, Father, push us into the unknown, Father, push us into the deep water, Father, where we can't have any control and have to depend on you, and Father, even this morning, Father, let us fall more in love with you, Father, let us see exactly how you're calling us to live, Father, and what you're doing to protect us as we're doing it, Father, we love you, in son's name I pray, amen. You know, I want to go back to um, back in those verses a little bit and where it says in um, verse 15, and it says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. 
And that's what we're going to be talking about today, the shoes and the shield, you know. And again, you know, I'll go back to, to the props that I got from the sheriff's office, you know. And these, you know, are the modern day version. But Paul was talking about something different whenever he was talking about it. But it was, it's all the same concept. You know, whenever you read it in the New Living Translation, it says it like this. For the shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. See, as we live on our life with a proper understanding of who God is, we're naturally going to be drawn closer to him. And as we're drawn closer to him, he's telling us, look, the devil's going to attack you. The world's going to come at you with both feet. This is what you need to do to be ready for it. And as we look at this, you know, as we start talking about, you know, putting on the, the feet, you know, and the, the gospel of peace on our feet, the gospel acts as shoes and armor of God because it motivates us to go into the world to tell others about Jesus. Because here's what we need to know. He saved us. If you're in here today and if you're a believer, then that means that what he did on the cross was for you. And so we need to put that same peace that we have on our feet and we need to take it to the world and tell the world about it. And so, you know, how do we do that? You know, and it's just every day, you know, and I keep going back every day, the more that we read this and the more that we fall in love with him and the closer that we get to him, the more we should have that desire to tell the people around us about who he is. And, you know, and how do we do it, you know, and, and where we do it, that's up to us. And, and letting God push us, like Donnie just, when the song that we just sang, you know, when he pushes us into those waters and he pushes us into the unknown, then that's when he's going to use us the most because we have to depend on him. You know, whenever you go back and as you read this, you know, and he's, he's you know, bringing this back into like the Roman soldiers and stuff like that. And, you know, I love to watch shows with Vikings and things like that. And so whenever you start looking and he's talking about defeat, you know, and back then when they was getting ready for battle, they didn't wear shoes. You know, like my boots are pretty functional for Sunday mornings. You know, these are really comfortable boots. Pretty proud of them. They're 32 years old. They still look good, but I have to take care of them. But they're functional for just wearing around, coming to church and things like that. But they're not functional to go into battle because they're slick and I'm going to fall down. You know, some of the shoes that, you know, them high heel shoes and things, and I don't know how y'all balance on them, but, you know, that's an art in itself. But, you know, those aren't functional for most things except for to look good with the clothes you have on, right? Well, you know, like these boots, you know, these come from the sheriff's office and these are what they wear when they wear the motorcycles. And these are functional for what they do because they protect their legs and things like that. Well, back then, and, you know, when Paul was writing this, what was functional was their sandals that they wore was laced on their feet so they couldn't come out. It's not like the flip-flops we wear and things like that now. They was literally laced on their feet. They was made out of good leather. But then the bottom of them had um, cleats, almost like football and baseball players and things like that. And that was so that they wouldn't lose traction. That way, whenever they'd get into the heat of the battle and things, they couldn't get pushed backwards and they wouldn't fall down because they had good traction. And so that's what Paul, whenever he's writing this, that's what he's telling us. He's saying, look, you need to put on those same type shoes. You need to be ready to go into battle. You need to know because we have the peace that comes only from God. And he says, take it to the world. Take it to the world. Have that traction to know that I'm walking with you. Wrap the peace that only comes from me around your feet. 
And as you take my gospel to the world, you can stand firm. And I love how that scripture goes back and back to that word. And it says, stand firm. And after you've done everything else, keep standing firm. How do you do it? When your feet's ready. You know, I put on my boots this morning because I was ready to come to church and bring the word of God. But if I was going into battle, I'd have put on different shoes, right? Well, every day we need to put those shoes on. When we wake up in the mornings, you know, and, and I've mentioned before, my first prayer in the morning, you know, whenever I get up, my routine's really easy. When I wake up in the morning, it's a dead run to get to the bathroom first because I've drank too much before I went to sleep. And then I brush my teeth after I've washed my hands. And then I go to my closet and I get dressed. And as I'm in my closet, as I'm getting dressed that morning, my prayer every morning is, God, you lead me where you want me to go. God, you put me in the conversations that you want me to be in today. And that's how I start my day. And so, you know, where we pray in those prayers, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, we pray in those dangerous prayers where we're saying, God, this is your will, not my will. God, God, if we prayed every morning, God, you put me in the situations. So what's that mean we have to do? Not like I do sometimes when I walk in Walmart, and I hate to go in Walmart. But when I go in Walmart, I drop my head and hit that buggy, and I go so I can get in and out. But what if we started picking our head up and we start being more aware of our surroundings? We start being more aware of the people that we see because those conversations will happen. But we have to be watching for those conversations. And so that's what he's telling us right here. Put on those feet, put on your shoes, put on the, the gospel on you and go. All through scripture, nowhere does it say in the word that we're to sit and do nothing. He tells us to go, to make disciples, to teach, and to baptize. So this morning, even as those three walk in the water, our church has a responsibility to disciple and teach them afterwards. And so this morning, you know, as we look at all this and you start thinking, well, you know, you know you're starting to get in my business. No, I'm not God yet because he tells us how to live. And he's equipping us this morning on how we need to live. You know, when you go back into... Ephesians again, and you start looking. Um, let's go first a minute. Let's go to First Corinthians. First Corinthians fifteen. I go the right direction in my Bible. First Corinthians fifteen, verse one. It says, "Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand." By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That is with that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. And, then, and after that, he appeared to more than 500 of brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. You know, whenever you read those words and you start looking at it, you know, and he tells us right there, he says, I'm reminding you of what I've told you. I'm reminding you this morning of what I've told you. God's told us. You know, a few weeks ago, we celebrated Easter. And what did I try to, that day, I tried to communicate to the church. It's not an, it's not an event that day. It's an experience. 
and what Christ done for us. He done for us to celebrate every day. When we come in and we hear worship songs like we sang this morning, that ought to excite us. When we're riding down the road and we're listening to worship songs, that ought to excite us. And it ought to excite us to the point that we say, all right, God, God, I'm going to do this because what you did on the cross for me, God, what you did when you came back three days later, I need to be taken to the whole world. And that's what God's telling us. He says, look, I'm wrapping your feet with the peace, with the gospel, so that you can take the good news to them. You need to go and you need to do this. You know, if we go back to Ephesians 6, and go back and look at that again. Ephesians 6. And it says, In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You know, when you read that, you know, whenever you first look at it, you think, well, I've got it made because there's no flaming arrows coming at me. Really? Really? Let's talk about some of these flaming arrows. What about the flaming arrow of temptation, of doubt, of pain, of discouragement, of depression, of fear, of hopelessness, of guilt, of shame, of stubbornness, Lack of trust, greed, lust, envy, bitterness, pride, ego, unforgiven hearts, gracelessness, judgment. You know, and I can keep going on. You know, and all those are the flaming arrows that he's talking about. And he's saying, if you pick up my shield, if you pick up this shield and you um, put it in front of you, I'm going to protect you from that. You know, just like this shield... um, you know, if this was my shield, I'd have to go back to Sheriff Art and say, look, I need a 3XL. I need something a little bit bigger. But you know what? That, that's to protect from the things that are coming at them. You know, whenever they get in situations and, you know, whenever you, you're reading this, whenever he was writing this passage and he's talking about the flaming arrows, back in that day, that was the long range thing. They didn't have missiles. They didn't have cannons. They used arrows and they would light the end of the arrows on fire. And that was their long range weapon that they would shoot. You know, and back in the day, the shields wasn't back then, wasn't this clear plexiglass like this. The shields back then was about two foot wide or a little bit wider and about four foot tall. They was real thick wood, one piece of wood. Then they took that wood and then they covered it with metal. And then they took that and they covered it with leather. And what they would do when they'd go into battle, they would take their shield and they would soak it in water to get that leather wet. That way, whenever the flaming arrows hit it, it would extinguish it. And then, but what they'd done, these shields wasn't just for one. These shields, they were trained when they'd go into battle. They would all get close together in the heat of the battle and they would lock their shields together and make like a wall. So together they was unified, together they was fighting together to protect each other, not just themselves. And so the shields was multi-purpose. And so that's what he's telling us whenever you read in the scripture right there. You know, he's telling us, he says, use this shield of faith. That way it'll extinguish all the flaming arrows as they come to you. Well, you know, what does it mean to have faith? Well, to have faith, we have to trust him, right? And how do we trust him? We have to love him. And we have to start learning how to depend on him more. Go with me to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 will be in verse 7. I mean, verse 4. Hebrews 11, verse 4. It says, By faith, Abel was brought God a better offering than Cain did. 
By faith, he was commended as righteous. And when God spoke well of his offering, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not have to experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, and holy fear built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir to the righteousness that is in the keeping with faith. You know, as you read that, you know, first, I have to be honest, I'm kind of jealous of Enoch. Wouldn't that be pretty cool one day to just be walking? All of a sudden, whoosh, gone. No suffering, no death, just gone. That'd be fun. But anyway, but by faith, we need to look at it. Trusting God means walking into the unknown. Just like, again, I'm going to go back to the song that we just sang. You'd have thought we planned that this morning. But by faith, it means that we're willing to go off into the deep end. By faith, it means that we're willing to get out to where we have no control over what's going on and saying, all right, God, use me. God, I've prayed the dangerous prayer. God, I've told you that it's not my will, it's your will. God, I've said that I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. And so right now, I'm dependent on you. And when we start getting into those scary places in life where we have to depend on him more, that's when Satan started attack, attacking us. And he used those flaming arrows, like I mentioned, of doubt and of temptation and, you know, whatever those other ones are. You know, and he uses those arrows coming at us to start making us doubt. Because if he can make us doubt God, then we can't use that shield. Because we have to have faith in God. When we say that we have faith in someone, what we're really saying is we believe and we trust in them. The same is true about our relationship with God. The shield of faith is a shield of trust, belief, confidence, and faith in God. We're told to walk by faith, putting our trust in the Lord, and believing that God will take care of our every need. Do we trust God that much? You know, this morning, sitting right where you're sitting, do you trust God enough to walk in faith? It's easy to say it, but it's harder to live it. Are we willing to say, all right, God, you're God. God, and I know you've got this. And God, I know that right now when I walk into that doctor's office tomorrow morning, I might not hear what I want to hear, but I know that you have this. God, I know that you have this. And when I walk into my job place tomorrow morning and I walk into the unknown as to whether or not I'm still going to have my job God, I'm going to have faith that you're going to take care of me. And the list can go on and on and on. But do we have the faith to walk with him? He's equipping us. You know, he's protecting us around the waist. Whenever we wrap that belt of truth around us and we say that we're wrapping Christ around us because we know that he's truth. Whenever we put on that breastplate of righteousness, we're protecting our hearts because we know that he's right. He knows that he's going to be there. When we put on those, that feet, when we you know, start thinking about going to the world and telling them, do we have what it takes? And then to pick that shield up and say, I know you're going to protect me. Because whenever we pick that shield up and we've got that breastplate protecting us, he's double, he's getting us, you know? 
We've got a double line of protection. But we have to be willing to say, all right, God, I surrender all. God, I surrender all. God, I know that I need to let you be God. But then I need to do my part. And I need to go and I need to tell. And I need to offer hope to a world that desperately needs to see hope. Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, just to say that we love you, Father, and I just thank you for today. Father, I just thank you for your word. Father, just how you tell us that we're going to be attacked and it's coming. But then you say, fear not. Let me show you how I'm going to protect you. Let me show you how to put that armor on. This my armor that nothing can penetrate. Father, this morning I just ask that we just um, be obedient to you. Father, for some of us, we need to start that journey today. Father, we need to ask you for forgiveness and ask you to become the Lord of our life. Father, for some of us, it might be that that water behind me is the next step of obedience. Father, we need to walk through that water, Father, and be obedient to you in baptism. But Father, this morning, Father, no matter where we're at, Father, what we've done, Father, I just ask that we're just obedient to you, Father, and if, Father, if there's, uh, just show us our heart in a way that only you can show us. In your son's name I pray.